1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance and the USA Wealth Group. Get your finances in order. Money Wise starts now. And good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good Sunday morning, southeastern Massachusetts and Rhode Island and Cape Cod and the South Shore. Every Sunday morning, Money Wise is here to help you protect your family and protect your money. You are invited to join us now for this next short hour as we help teach some important money lessons. Good morning, Peter Lance. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. So my name is Ray Lance, and Peter and I are here. We like to call ourselves the Money Guys, and we're going to bring you this show called The Money Wise. We're going to change the format a little bit differently today, and we're going to make a few additional changes over the next coming week, so stay tuned. We're going to add some music and do some other interesting things. But this morning, we want to start out by talking to you about important personal finance tips that we think will change the way you think about money and how to handle your money. We've got a lot of good information we're going to talk about today. You know, Peter, um, I want to say something personal to you as we get started. I want to first of all say thank you for being here and thank you for all the help that you've given over the years and doing the money wise radio show it means a lot you're welcome and i'm glad that that's all you were going to say because when you're saying i want to say something personal to you and you're spreading it out over the airways i was wondering what was coming <laughs> no i can get personal too so what i'd like to say ladies and gentlemen is that i'm very proud of my son peter he has done a lot of very interesting things in his short life to date uh, first of all, he's married a wonderful woman. Secondly, he has three beautiful children that give me a lot of joy, give him a lot of pain and heartache sometimes, right, Pete? Absolutely. It's a lot of work, uh, but I wouldn't change a thing. Mm. I'm very lucky. And I'm proud of the fact that Peter made the effort to join the Marine Corps when he was younger. I'm proud of the fact that he's a volunteer firefighter in the town of Dartmouth, and he likes to do things that challenge him. Don't you, Pete? I do. Uh, you know, you've taught me that uh, from an early age. You always said you're never too old to learn something new and to try something new. So um, I'm going by your lead and following in your example, but I'm not going to be trying how to uh, windsurf at whatever age you tried windsurfing and twisted your knee. <laughs> no, that, that was not a successful effort. I've given up my desire for windsurfing. I don't need to try to do that anymore. Skiing, I might try again. I haven't skied for a few years, but I might go back and try to do that some more. You know, this past week, we've had some interesting things happen in the office. I had occasion to meet with at least two separate clients, maybe a third one as well, who have lost a spouse in the last year, year to a year and a half. And it's always interesting when I talk to a client like that because you don't get over something of uh, something like living with a spouse for years and years and decades. It takes a long time. It takes longer than a year. Sometimes it takes two years or even longer. And sometimes you just never get over it. You're used to doing things together. But these uh, particular clients, in this case it happened to be two ladies, um, they're, they're getting along very nicely. And it's, it's really a pleasure to be able to help them and make sure that their finances are in order. They happen to have had relationships with um, a spouse, a husband, where they did planning together, and it makes a huge difference. What we want to do today is we want to talk about these very important personal finance tips. They're going to teach you some more things about money, and that ultimately is our goal here. 
Um, I'd like to start out this morning by my last Greek quotation. Uh, we've done a lot of Greek quotations over the years, and I thought that I would give a quotation this morning from Socrates. I've sort of run through all my Greek quotations. And this says, One who is injured ought not to return the injury, for on no account can it be right to do an injustice. And it is not right to return an injury or to do evil to any man, however much we may have suffered from him. Wise words of wisdom from Socrates. That'll be my most sobering quotation for today, Peter. Or from Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, it was Socrates. Well, can I give you one more quotation to start? <laughs> yes, go ahead. You so always Socrates. like to give your... Socrates. <laughs> well, you like this one. We've used this one before, but this pertains to something we just talked about. Socrates. I have to remember that one. It's a really dumb, goofy movie from my childhood, and they're actually remaking it with uh, Keanu Reeves and some other guy I think is only famous for the Bill and Ted series. <laughs> is that what it's called, Bill and Ted? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'll have to watch that one. Well, this is from Ronald Reagan, President of the United States, 1985. Some people spend an entire lifetime wondering if they made a difference in the world, but the Marines don't have that problem. I like that quotation, don't you, Pete? It's one of the best. Well, let's jump in and tell some... Very important personal financial tips because we've got a lot of them. Uh, this one is the first one. Create a financial calendar. Um, you've got a similar list to me as, as well, by the way. So this will be an invitation for you to speak as well. And I do this myself. It can be as simple as put things down on a calendar. Don't create to-do lists, but Create a calendar list. So if you need to pay a certain bill by a certain date, put it on the calendar. You're going to remember it. Or put it in your Google calendar, something of that nature. Yeah, it's a busy life, and I have multiple calendars, and I check all of them daily. I have a work calendar. I have a Cozy calendar, which is a, a great app for any of you busy families out there. Is that what it's called? Cozy, C-O-Z-I. Oh, I haven't heard of that And one. it links everyone's phones together with the calendars together, so... It'll say Nathan's baseball practice at, you know, such and such a time, or Jen has a doctor's appointment at such and such a time, so everybody can stay on the same track. Hmm. And is there a limit on how many people can sign into that? I don't think so. I mean, we have a family of five, and we also have the two dogs in there for their vet appointments and other, you know, things, so we have actually seven calendars in our cozy calendar. How about the cats? What's with the smirk? No, no we just, don't have the cats. I was just thinking that you had chickens for a while. I did. Um... Uh, Probably three years ago. Hmm. Chickens are great. They're they're wonderful um, pets to have, if you will. They're a lot better than people think, but uh, I had to get rid of them because we went through an entire summer with no rain and there was chicken poop all over the yard. <laughs> I see. Okay. All right. Too much chicken news, I guess. Well, let's talk about the, our next tip, which is check your interest rate. So let's say that you're deciding which loan you want to pay off or which credit card you want to pay off. Um, which loan should you pay off first? Well, we've talked about this before, and uh, with credit card debt, whether you should pay off the uh, credit card with the highest interest rate or the one with the highest balance. And usually it's the one with the highest interest rate that we recommend paying off first. Mm -hmm. Because you are, it is costing you more money. So always pay off the credit card, the loan that has the highest interest rate first. And typically, you can't earn as much as what the interest rate is that you're being charged. But for people with a lot of credit cards and a lot of credit card debt, there's another strategy that we've talked about, which is to pay off the credit card with the lowest balance first, and then you feel a sense of accomplishment, and then you go on to the next one with the next lowest balance and keep going until you. It's a good way to pay down debt. Down. 
Yeah, we've done shows in the past on just the subject of how do you pay down debt. Well, the same thing applies sort of in reverse in terms of you should always open a savings account that's paying the best interest rate for you. And I know people do tend to shop around when it comes to interest rates. It's not a big factor today, but slowly but surely, some of the CDs are starting to pay out a little bit higher interest rate. Yep. So that's a good trend to see. The next tip is uh, set a budget. And that's a must and a definite. Uh, When you come in to see us in our office, it's one of the first things that we talk about. Uh, It's the first homework assignment, if you will, that we give out to you. Uh, If you do not know what you're taking in versus what you're paying out, you can't uh, plan for anything. Well, it's even further than that. I don't like to give recommendations, and I don't like to give advice, and I don't like to help people do planning if they're not at least willing to fill out a budget. We have a, a great little form, by the way, if anybody wants a free copy. Give us a copy at a call at USA Wealth Group, 508-998-8858, and we're more than happy to send you a copy of the budget. Uh, no obligation to do that. But this is rule number one, and it's always rule number one. Just make sure you have a budget. Another thing uh, that's very important is if you do not have a savings account of any kind, um, an emergency fund, if you will, you absolutely should start doing that, even if it's only $5 a week. Uh, if you do not have an emergency fund and you are living check to check or don't have enough in your savings to cover a uh, major repair for an automobile or a new furnace or something else, you're going to be in real trouble. Uh, so we always recommend that you have um, an emergency account, an emergency fund, and start putting something towards it. Again, even if it's only $5 a week, it'll add up, make it a habit, start increasing it um, you know, every month or uh, as much as you can. One of the other suggestions on our little list of things to do and financial tips is to have an all-cash diet, pay all your bills by cash. I don't think that's really practical today, but I think the danger I'd like to highlight is just the opposite of that. Too many people find it so easy just to use your debit card for everything. And you don't really keep track of what your expenses are when you're doing that. Sounds like an all-cash diet would be high in fiber, too. No, but it doesn't create as much indigestion, Peter. So, all right, enough of that one. Uh, Take a daily money minute. This comes from a company called LearnVest. And basically, think about sitting down and looking at your finances for one minute, 60 seconds every single day. And say, all right, what are my financial goals today? If you start thinking in that direction of, What can I do to improve my finances today? And you do it every single day, regularly. um, You're going to make improvements. Um, You certainly need to pay off your most important bills first, and that's rent, mortgage, medical expenses, things of that nature. But too many people tend to put too much money into lifestyle spending or discretionary spending. Some things I don't agree with. Um, I don't think that you should allocate a high percentage to discretionary spending. Do you? Uh, not to discretionary, no. Absolutely not. Hmm. You have to have fun in life, but you know, most importantly, you need to make sure that you can get by and that you can pay your bills. So I wonder how many people actually think about setting aside a certain percentage or a certain amount every week strictly for church, entertainment, restaurant, eating out, um, non-necessities. I think very few people have anything planned or set aside. They just sort of do what they do and they and they go on with their lives, which is why they need to see us, which is to, you know, create a budget and see what you can put towards discretionary spending and those type of activities. Yeah, my, no, I think that's a very good point. 
Um, I suspect that probably at least half of the people listening to the show today live paycheck to paycheck, don't you? Absolutely. Sorry, I was taking a drink. Yeah, no, we are um, water, right? Yes, it's Sunday morning. (laughs) It just sounded funny the way you said that. Um, No, I think most people do live from week to week, and I think when you do that, there's a tendency not to really plan. And so even if you think you are or you're actually living from week to week, you still should budget and you still should have a plan because if you don't, then you're never going to get out of that particular cycle. You're not going to, never going to have money to set aside for savings or emergencies or well, anything else. Think of spending money or saving money as a, a habit, whether it's good or bad. It's just like you know, smoking is a bad habit, and having to quit smoking it takes a lot of work, but uh, it can be done. So work through your bad spending or saving habits. All right. So let's talk about some how to set some specific financial goals. And we've talked about goal setting in general. And if you just talk about things and say, I want to do this, I want to save some money this week, I want to save money every week, if you don't write it down, and if it isn't specific, if it isn't regular, then you're never going to achieve the goal. And attainable. Um, You have to have some goals that are are attainable. And they should be short-term, mid-term, and long-term goals as well. Some people actually use something called a vision board. Have you ever heard of a vision board before, Pete? I have. Uh, you either write specific goals on it, or you can even cut out things from magazines of things that you want for your life and for your future. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, and it helps you imagine things. Well, whatever the motivator is that uh, is required uh, by you to take some action, you need to do something. But we've got some good uh, handouts and materials on just setting goals also. If somebody wants that... Uh, call us at 508-998-8858 or send us an email, USA Wealth Group um, at, um, well, the website is usawealthgroup.com. The email address is info at usawealthgroup.com. Hmm. Um, did you ever hear Ben Bernanke? Of course. Federal Reserve Chairman. He's a great guy, by the way. When he retired, folks asked him how his money was invested, and he had most of his money invested in annuities, fixed yeah. and indexed annuities. I think we talked about that about which a year ago. I was ago. really quite interested to find out. Well, he had an interesting quotation. Um, you've got a couple of sons playing baseball right now. Actually, you have your daughter playing baseball. Uh, three kids, four teams, which is three just kids, crazy. Why four teams? Uh, because my oldest is also on the high school team. Oh, that's right, of course. So um, you need a scheduling board. It's absolutely crazy. Uh, From early May until the end of June is the busiest time of the year for us, for sure. Yeah, you don't need a vision board. You need a nightmare board. There's multiple practices and games every single night of the week, every single day of the week. Uh, Saturday, we have four practices in a row from 9.30 in the morning until uh, 7 p.m. at night. Or 7 p.m., that's a little bit rhetorical or uh, redundant. Um, But, and I'm coach of, of two of those teams. So, oh gosh. And I'm, um, I'm the soccer mom who drives them to and from everything as well, so a little busy. Wow. <laughs> um, I'll see you in the fall. <laughs> yeah. Here's a quotation from Ben Bernanke. Nobody likes to fail, but failure is an essential part of life and learning. If your uniform isn't dirty, you haven't been in the game. That's funny. I keep telling my middle child, Tyler, that all the time, that... 
you know, dive and try to make that catch. You know, you got to get your uniform dirty. The Red Sox weren't called the dirt dogs for nothing. I never heard that expression before. You know, it was a very interesting article in the Wall Street Journal uh, just about a week or so ago. And it talked about why the Red Sox are having such, such a successful opening season this year. Um, I gave you copies of that for you and for your boys and also for your coaches. Yeah, it was a different mentality. They were looking to try to wear the pitcher down instead of going after good pitchers and driving the ball. Yeah, very simple message. And the message was they were told, if you see a pitch that looks halfway decent, go for it. And so they're actually swinging at more pitches. And they're, that's why they've been so successful in achieving more runs and Whereas winning in the as past, many games. Yeah, the past few seasons they were told to wait um, you know, on the first couple of pitches unless they were perfect. And so that's a good message, yeah. Don't just sit back and wait. Go after it. Drive the ball. Well, it's a, it's a perfect metaphor for life also, isn't it, Pete? Well, that's, yeah, that's what I was getting at. <laughs> so have you given it to the coaches yet? I have not. Uh, I do have them on my dining room table, and every time I run out, I forget to grab them so i will Hmm. well go for the pitches pete (laughs) to take some action so we talked about a vision board but setting goals is is a very difficult process for anybody it doesn't matter what it is but i've got uh, two people in the office right now who have decided they're going to engage in uh, activities to lose weight and they're very successful and boy, if you don't make a start and try to do something like that, um, it doesn't get done. But they established a goal. They're working on it. They have a method for how they're doing it. And it's working. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, that's one of the tips that we have right here, which is get your finances and your body in shape. And a study showed that more exercise can actually lead to higher pay because you tend to be more productive after you've worked up a sweat. So think of it as a dual um, you know, threat, if you will, a dual uh, activity that will help out with your finances and your body. Mm. Uh, I've been waking up a little bit earlier every morning because it's the only time I can do it and going for a quick run or at least doing a 20-minute you know, cardio workout in the lower living room and uh, it's making a big difference. Oh, sure. No, you always feel better when you do some exercise and you live longer and you sleep better and all of that and you think better. Yeah, absolutely. So get off your butt and do something, right? Even if it's only five minutes, you know, do 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, something. Well... Don't have negative thoughts when it comes to money. Don't say, I've got too much in debt. I'm never going to get out of debt. There are solutions. We've had uh, people on the show before who have been debt counselors and who really know their business. They know how to put people on a budget and on a plan. Well, I think that we're debt counselors. I mean, we've helped some sure. people who have come to you know come to us, and they've been in really dire straits and have you know, $50,000 of credit card debt and can't keep up with their monthly credit card bills, never mind anything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, come see us. We'll help you out. We always do. Well, I had somebody this past week who's planning to retire at the age of 62. And they have a car with about a $15,000 loan on it. And they said, should we pay off the car loan? And I said, well, let's find out what the interest is that you're paying on the car loan versus what can you make with the same money in some kind of an investment before you can just blindly say, yeah, go ahead and pay off your car loan. Yeah, and those are the type of things that we can help out with. And, you know, there's some people that come to us and they say, gee, should I start dipping into my IRA and delay Social Security? Or should I start collecting Social Security and sit on my IRA? So uh, we can help you with any of those questions, and that's what we do. 
And I want to talk just for a second about um, businesses who might be listening. Um, get your business finances in order as well. We have a lot of information we can share about the new tax bills. You're able to put um, a larger amount of equipment in play in your business and take a deduction for it. There's lots of new tax tips that you can follow this year. The best recommendation is to make an appointment and come in and we'll, we'll talk about it. Well, that's the other thing is that things are always changing in your life uh, with you know the, the tax laws. Things are constantly changing, so it's always a good decision to see us, you know, once a year, so we can go over everything. Make sure that, uh, you know, if you're in one strategy in an annuity, you might want to be put into another one that could potentially earn more. Make sure that your beneficiaries are up to date. People get married, people get divorced, people die. Um, so things change. Things are constantly moving and changing, and you need to see us once a year to make sure that you're in the best position that you can be in. Mm. Here's a few real quick tips. I've worked with small businesses for many, many years, um, and the ones that I find are most successful are the ones that have uh, a small board of directors, even if it's an informal board of directors. They want to have mentors and advisors and meet you know, once every two weeks, once a month, something like that, and talk about what's happening in the business, where should they go next, how should they market, how should they advertise, how could they improve their business. And if you surround yourself with advisors like that, you're going to have the benefit of other people looking at your business from the outside and being able to make some good suggestions for you. It really works. But um, keep your business operating checking account separate from payroll accounts, for example. You don't want to mix those monies. Make sure that you put aside money every single week for payroll taxes. You don't ever want to get into that bind. That's the worst kind of problem you can have with the IRS is not to be paying payroll taxes. And that will come back and really hurt you in a major way if you don't do that. But um, one of the easiest things you could do is have a payroll service. There are a lot of good local payroll services. If you do that, they'll make sure that the money is allocated every single week for payment of taxes, and that's the first thing you got to pay. Um, prioritize your own savings. Put some money aside in the business also doesn't matter whether it's $50 a week or $100 a week, but set aside some money for the owner of the business. Um, are you taking care of your own retirement, for example? Do you have an IRA for yourself or a SEP IRA? Well, we've talked about this you know, before. I don't remember the last time. It's probably been two years, but set aside some money for yourself every single week, even if you can't afford it. And I know that sounds silly, but you can't afford it. Everybody you know, that feels like they are living check to check, feels like they need to you know, pay off this bill and that bill, well, maybe they can delay that bill by a couple of days, um, something that we will discuss with you, whether it's worthwhile to do that, and put $10 a week into your savings account. Pay yourself first, in other words. Make sure that you're saving something towards your own retirement. Pay yourself first is the most important thing you could do, whether you're putting money aside for you know, year-end Christmas or holiday gifts or whatever it happens to be, or certainly retirement. Most people don't put aside enough money for retirement. Or any at all. There's a lot of people that don't do anything at all. Mm. Well, you know, money isn't everything, but it ranks right up there with oxygen. And what? That was a quotation from Rita Davenport. And who is she? I don't know who she was, but <laughs> I liked your quotation. I but, thought you were saying that and that you were just coming right. up with your own new quotation. All of a sudden, no, I no. see your little book of quotations in front of you. No, I have one here that uh, – see if you can guess this one, Pete. It's clearly a budget. It's got lots of numbers in it. This is a president. 
George Bush. George Bush. <laughs> I actually do remember him saying that. <laughs> George Bush, George W. Bush. It's clearly a budget. It's got lots of numbers in it. <laughs> I like that one. Or how about Groucho Marx? While money can't buy happiness, it certainly lets you choose your own form of misery. No Rodney Dangerfield quotes, huh? I don't have any Rodney Dangerfield quotes today, Pete. He's um, always my favorite. All right, so you can be the Rodney Dangerfield guy from now on. Okay. I'll print up his entire list of quotations and go through them. Yeah, we found some that we can't use on the air. One other small tip for small businesses, take care of your invoices. How many people do work, provide services, and then don't send out a bill for your services? My gosh, if you don't think enough about what you've done to get paid, you're not going to get paid. Well, we're going to come back in a minute. We're going to talk specifically more about the topic of important finance tips that will change how you think about money. Money is something you have to think about all the time. So stay tuned. We will be right back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. Every Sunday morning, we like to be with you and show you some things that can benefit your family, can show you how to protect your family and how to protect your money. So... Good morning to Peter Lance. You're with Ray Lance right now and Peter Lance, and welcome back, Peter. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And you and Mom are the only ones who call me Peter, and I can't stand it, but I've put up with it for 40-something years. This is also known as Pete Lance, ladies and gentlemen. It just doesn't seem right. It's all right. I'm used to it. Well, it's like we don't call our daughter Catherine Kathy. Yeah, that's true, although I call her Kath. Yeah. Well. Sometimes worse. Sometimes worse. (laughs) There's lots and lots of good tips, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking this morning about some very specific money tips that we think will help you. So how about this one, Pete? Get a money buddy. Do you have a money buddy? I do not have a money buddy. I don't have a money buddy, too. It's, <laughs> it's called your spouse, right? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, your wife is very good at managing funds and managing money. She's great at a lot of things, and that's one of them, absolutely. All right, how about some ideas about increasing your earning potential at the place where you work? Um, well, first of all, I'd like to just mention again that the show is brought to you each and every week by USA Wealth Group and my father and myself. And our office is located at 352 Fonts Corner Road in North Dartmouth. Our office number is 508-998-8858. And you can also reach us by email at info, I-N-F-O, at usawealthgroup.com. Good. And we also have a good working relationship with Lance Law, Inc., don't we? With attorney Tenny Lance and attorney Michael Coleman. And they're frequently on the show as well. And we do get people who stop in every once in a while who are regular listeners to the show but haven't actually come by. Uh, We welcome that. You can come in. You uh, won't be able to uh, necessarily meet with us, but you can certainly talk to people there and get some of the information that we always say is uh, available for you to pick up. Uh, We have pamphlets and booklets on every type of financial topic you can think of, and we're happy to give those out to you or mail you a copy. Yep, like Social Security or IRA planning. And it's free stuff. Free stuff is always good stuff, isn't it, Pete? Absolutely. Unless you have to haul it away somewhere, huh? I suppose. Well, anyway, um, I'm happy to have you here by my side, Pete, watching my back. Um, that's what we do, don't we? You call me Pete. Yes, Marines watch each other's back. Or watch your six. Watch your six? What you never that? heard of that? No. 
Never heard of that one. So when you're in the military, you think when you're going forward, you're moving to the 12 o'clock position, and your six is immediately yeah. behind you. Oh, okay. Yeah, so sure. watch your six. It's a military yeah. term. Yeah, six o'clock behind you. Okay. Yeah. How about your nine? Uh, well, that would be to my left, so... You're to my left, so I'm watching your nine, my nine right now, I guess. All right, I'm watching your three. <laughs> All right, never mind, that's enough. You know, I had a very interesting um, discussion last week with somebody who's thinking about retiring. They're 62, they make a fairly good salary. And I said, so are you thinking that you actually will retire? Yes, I'm thinking I'm going to put my notice in on Monday. I'm just really tired. Um, I have to commute to Boston every day. I'm tired of the commute. I'm worn out, I've got a lot of responsibility, and I think I can retire. And this person was sitting down with me so that we could go through a budget and go through all the finances and look at the assets and make sure there was going to be enough income coming in. Because in the end, what really matters the most when you want to retire is are you going to have enough income to retire? But I started a little discussion on purpose, and I do this most of the time, and I said, Okay, so let's say that you're retired. What are you going to do when you retire? What are your plans? And, and I what stopped. Did you say? Well, there was silence for a minute, just as I just did just now. And she said, "Well, I'll probably do some more gardening. Gardening. I'll do a little traveling. I've got some places I want to go." And I said, "So, what parts of the world or what parts of the country have you been to, or where haven't you been to that you have interest? And who would you travel with?" And all those kinds of things. I said, you know, I think it's useful, and I'm not discouraging anybody from retiring, have a plan of what you want to do. Otherwise, a lot of people simply feel lost when they retire. All of a sudden, everything they've been doing every day, getting up at 5 o'clock in the morning, going to work, commuting to Boston, whatever it happens to be, coming home late, you get into that whole routine, and if all of a sudden that routine is gone, what do you do next? Absolutely. And a lot of people who retire, quote unquote, they go back to work doing something else just so they can stay busy. Mm -hmm. I know if you asked me the same question, you wouldn't be able to stop me from talking for about 10 minutes. All the hobbies True. and things that I would like to do when I have time. But um, I, I was actually talking to somebody the other day about how busy, and I was just talking the first half of the hour, how busy my life is, especially with the three kids and all of their schedules. But I wouldn't have it any other way. And I'm very much aware of the fact that one day I'm going to really miss dropping off my kids and picking them up from baseball practices and watching their baseball games, uh, not only from the sideline, but being you know right there in the game with them. So sure. I am enjoying every single second because I know one day I'm going to truly miss it. But I also know what I'm going to do when I have that free time again. <laughs> well, it goes by quickly. I remember when you were young, Pete, um, and I had a riding mower to cut the grass, and I remember... One of the first times that I had you sitting on my lap and driving around as I was cutting the grass. I have a picture of that. I was wearing something back in the 80s that were called jams. And they were these brightly colored, you know, pajama-looking pants. And I still have that picture. I, I think they're tropical flowers all over these pajama-looking pants, really masculine-looking. <laughs> Not only that, ladies and gentlemen, he's wearing them today. I Well, <laughs> you didn't have to share the secret. Pete, how much of your paycheck should you save each month? Well, as um, much as you can. As much as you can, but you should absolutely set aside something for saving uh, every single week, every single month. And if you start out with something as simple as 10%, if you can force yourself to put aside 
10%, you'll, you'll do really well. How about your coins and your change? Like I save all my coins and my change. Do you ever do that? I do the same, yep. Uh, and I put them into a giant jug, and when that jug gets really uh, full, I take it to the bank, and usually it's a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, it's stunning how much money is in that j- yeah. money jar. It's only about once a year that I do that, but, you know, it's a nice little, hey, here's $200. Yep. Uh, it sounds simple. It sounds silly, but it's not. Take all the pocket change out of your pocket at night, throw it in a jar, and the jar gets really heavy, and seriously, it's... A mayonnaise-sized jars holds about two hundred dollars of coins. Yeah, um, for any of you listening who have, you know, children, maybe seven years old to fifteen, sixteen years old, there's an app that my family is using now called FamZoo, F-A-M-Z-O-O, and that is a really interesting app. Um, I can show you how to work it out. It's a little bit complicated to get set up in the beginning, but very much worthwhile. Uh, you give your chi- your children specific tasks, and if they don't complete them, then money is automatically withdrawn from their accounts. Um, but it teaches them responsibility. It also teaches the value of saving. And uh, it's really important to teach them at a young age because they don't teach it in school. Mm-hmm. And you are listening to MoneyWise, brought to you every week by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. That's hard to say, Pete Lance. You don't have to. I'm used to it. I told you that. Okay. But uh, we're here to help you, and we're here to help you with retirement planning, with life insurance planning. Let me digress for just a minute, Pete. How many people do you think have enough life insurance? Maybe, maybe 10 or 15% of the population. Yeah. We see it all the time. Um, on the way to the studio today, Peter mentioned that there was a fundraiser for somebody who died unexpectedly. Well, one of the things that tells me right away is the person probably didn't have any life insurance on their life or enough life insurance. Well, you asked a question about how many people have enough life insurance, and I said maybe 10 or 15% of the population, but there are a a huge amount of the uh, population that don't have any life insurance at all. Hmm. So here's an offer that we have talked about in the past I want to mention specifically. If you are a first responder, a firefighter, a police officer... Um, an ambulance driver, you ought to have life insurance. Term life insurance in particular is very, very inexpensive. We would be happy to meet with your group or meet with you individually and show you how affordable it will be. And the commission revenue tends to be very, very small on term insurance, but the cost of the insurance itself is, is very low. So here's what we'll do. We'll take half of the commission amount and we'll donate it to a charity that supports your organization. Or to someone in your organization's family who might have... uh, Not had insurance or something. Because we've seen this happen a few times. We've seen uh, a firefighter die unexpectedly, not enough insurance, and the spaghetti dinner is not going to be a substitute to help that family. It just is not. Um, Now, and anyone with, you know, children, you know, 20 years old or younger absolutely should have a term policy and you know whether it's 50,000, 200,000, half a million it really depends on what your income is right now uh, to replace that you know what what does that cost to you really out of pocket for the term policy it's peanuts well, I'll give you a couple of examples and these are not prepared ahead of time but for example uh, if you're about 40 years old and you're female, you could probably have a million dollars of insurance for maybe $50 a month. 
Yeah. Again, term insurance is very inexpensive, and the reason why is because it only covers a certain term, mm -hmm. and then it expires in most term policies unless you have a return of premium, which you know we normally don't recommend because it's more expensive. Just a straight term policy for 10 years, 20 years, uh, it expires uh, after that period, and there's no further benefit after that but it covers a specific period to protect your young children. Yeah. So if, you, if you've got young kids, for example, and you don't have insurance, maybe you want a 20-year term that will take them through high school and maybe even part of college or college. So if you've got a four- or five-year-old child, maybe you want a 20-year term policy, and that might be sufficient. For a man, it's more expensive than it is for women because men don't live as long and they engage in more risky behaviors generally. You know, aggressive behaviors, driving. You saying we're stupid? No. Well, <laughs> you think about that. How do we rephrase that? <laughs> no, men are typically uh, more aggressive with their driving and do silly, dangerous things. You know, try sure. to, you know, fix something on your roof by stretching out over a ladder. <laughs> you know? So for, for a man, for example, 40 years old, um, reasonably good health, uh, you might get a million-dollar term insurance policy for $60, $70 a month. I replaced, uh, just as a personal story, I replaced my old term insurance with a new term insurance policy two or three years ago, maybe. And I was really surprised, even though I'm in the business, as to how low the new policy that I uh, was approved for. And I was really surprised that I was approved for Premium Plus. Yeah. So having... Uh, permanent insurance is also a good thing. It can be a way to save money, to be a way to save money for college or for retirement. But term insurance is pure protection. And if you don't have some of that kind of insurance in place, and you've got children especially, uh, you really ought to think about doing that. And anyway, give Pete a call at 508-998-8858, and he'd be happy to make an appointment and talk to you about that. Or uh, we would be happy to go and visit your group. We'll go to a fire station. We'll go to a police station, you know, right after shift or probably just before shift changes or something. Yeah, not just first responders, but if you have an organization of any kind, uh, everyone who has ever been to any of our seminars has walked away saying, gosh, that was so informative. I learned so much in that, you know, short hour, and we're really appreciative of the that information that we pass along to them. And by the way, if we ever do that for you, um, we'll also bring actual quotations on a whole different range of age groups so you can see what your age might be. Yep. But don't overlook it. It's a really important thing to do. And you say, well, what if I got divorced or what if, you know, what if I die and my spouse ends up with my insurance and they go and get remarried? There's even things you can do to protect that situation. You can put money into an insurance trust, for example. Make sure that your kids are going to be covered. Let's talk for a moment, Pete, about student loan payments. We're talking this morning about some important uh, finance tips that impact your money. What happens if you're struggling with student loans, for example? I mean, there are a lot of people out there with student loans. Uh, delinquency rates are very high right now. They're, you know, 13, 14%. The highest delinquency rates ever, the most student loan debt ever. Uh, it's a serious issue. You know, there's uh, doctors and lawyers out there who are not able to get by financially just because their uh, student loan debt is so high. And there are things you can do when you're taking out student loans. The best student loans to take out, by the way, are the federal student loans first. Right. Because... 
they have more flexibility. They have lower interest rates than private loans do. And there are a lot of predatory student loan consolidation companies out there. So if you are thinking of doing something with your student loan, whether it's switching it to a different company or consolidating, if you have multiple loans out there, uh, make sure that you speak with us first because, again, there are predatory companies out there that uh, you'll end up paying more in the end for your student loan debt, and you might even uh, have your credit score decreased. So mm-hmm. just be cautious. And there's a lot of scholarship money that's available. Uh, we're doing more and more in the area of helping parents figure out how to finance college education. And don't overlook some of the scholarship money that's out there because if you don't have to borrow it and you can pay for it that way, you're obviously you know, clearly much better off. We've talked a decent amount throughout the show uh, about teaching children, and you were talking about, you know, when I was younger, um, teach your children about money and how to save from money because, again, I said it at the first half of the show, the schools aren't doing it. You, as a parent, need to teach your children about money and, and how to save and um it's so important, I can't tell you. Um, that FamZoo app, again, if you have interest, I can explain uh, to you in person or over the phone more about that. But I just wanted to share an interesting story that um, this FamZoo app talks about. And it talks about when your child gets their first debit card and maybe they go and they take that date out uh, to a fancy restaurant for the first date or a third date and they only have $100 in their account and they know that the meal is going to come to $70. Um, but when they go to swipe the card, the restaurant will automatically add a 25% tip just in case you want to tip that much. So you might be really? declined. Hmm. So your card has to have a, or your account has to have a certain amount in the uh, account in order to be approved because they're going to automatically add a really high tip just in case you want to add that really high tip. I've never heard of that. Yep. And it happened to me when I was about 19 or 20 years old. Uh, It was a first date of somebody that I really liked. And I had, I don't know, I think $120 in my account. And the meal came to $90 or something. And my card was declined. And it was a really fancy restaurant. And I was so embarrassed. And I had to run downstairs and take out the entire $120 on my bank account so I could pay for the meal plus the tip in cash. So I guess you learned something then. Yes, it was... Don't take that date out again. (laughs) It was highly embarrassing. I'm sure. (laughs) Teach your children about money and about those type of situations that they could run into. I never knew you had that embarrassing moment, Pete. Oh, it was horrible. Can can I tell you my favorite embarrassing moment when I was dating? Oh, I was going to say, hopefully it's something about you and not back back to me again. (laughs) No, I was driving my my soon later-to-be father-in-law's... Um, it was uh, mom's dad car. It was a Nash Rambler Ambassador, one of those things. And we got a flat tire. And I had no idea how to change a flat tire. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, he came out and changed the flat tire. Yeah, my boys don't know how to change a flat tire. I taught them when they were probably four or five years old, but I guarantee you they don't remember now. No, useful skills in life <laughs> to have. Well... Bob Hope once said, the bank is a place that will lend you money if you can prove that you don't need it. That's true. Yep. Now, we've used this before, but I have to give you this quotation again because Pete's a dog lover, and he has two rescue dogs. This is from Jerry Seinfeld. Dogs have no money. Isn't that amazing? They're broke their entire lives. But they get through. You know why dogs have no money? No pockets. No pockets. I remember that one. It's Jerry Seinfeld. 
That was a really cute one. Well, in any event, let's talk about, I want to say just a couple more things about student loans. You've got to remember one important thing about student loans. They're not dischargeable in bankruptcy. Right. So you got to think carefully about how you um, get student loans. And, and I've actually heard of some people who have done that. They've, they've filed for bankruptcy thinking that they're going to discharge their student loans as a major portion of what they're going to get rid of. And they are shocked when they find out that that didn't happen. Well, they weren't given proper advice then, were they? No. But your college can place your, uh, student, loan, your student records on hold. If you are behind in your student loans, you won't get additional student aid. Lots of issues, but we can show you some ways that you can help restructure student loans sometimes, and you can start over a little bit. You can also ask for a forbearance of your student loans. That's not always recommended, but uh, if it's something that you're considering, you know, let us know, and we can yeah. let this, you know if it's a good idea or not. This can also be a reason to have a small term policy on the child who has the student loans. What if the parent is obligated to pay these student loans? What if the student, in order to get the student loans, had to have a cosigner, and the cosigner was a parent, and the student has an accident and dies? The parents are going to get stuck with the loans. I mean, it's not a nice thing to contemplate losing a child on the one hand, but on the other hand, um, gosh, if you had a small insurance policy, it would pay off the student loans. You know, one of the recommendations is, uh, in general, never to cosign a loan for somebody else. Um, it's always... Not always, but it can come back to be a problem. It yeah, can, even if it's parent and, and child, it, it can lead to tension, and you know it's it's potentially a real serious issue uh, for your own credit and for your own relationship. It will impact your credit. It will pick, be picked up on your credit report. It will impact your credit score. So if you're contemplating, if you're thinking about signing a, co-signing a loan for somebody, you really need to think carefully about it. We can give you some recommendations and and uh, so forth. Um, I, I did that recently as a favor to somebody, um, and I wouldn't have done otherwise, so I'm telling you I didn't follow my own advice. But I got a call literally a day before uh, two twin girls were scheduled to start college. I'm not sure if you know about that. I won't I mention knew that you co signed, but I didn't know that they were already behind. No, they weren't behind. Um, they had been accepted at schools, two very good schools. Um, their mother was deceased. She was a very close personal friend of mine. Um, I had followed the progress of her daughters and met with them occasionally. And the father of the two daughters didn't have enough credit to be eligible as a cosigner. And he called me up literally the day before they were supposed to register for class and they were not going to be able to register for class that they had been accepted, two different states, two different colleges, twins. And um, I ended up, um, he called and asked if I would be willing to co-sign so that they could go to school. And I did. But I also found out a year later, and the loans are not in default or anything of that nature, but they were picked up on my credit report. Oh, yeah, of course. So, Well, you're a good friend. You always have been. I thought you had been... Uh, burned by them and that they weren't paying the loans. No, um, I don't ultimately have any concerns about it at all. One of them um, has actually published a book with a very large financial advance, and she actually has since paid off her student loans. Yeah, you've always been too kind for your own good. No, but we need to reach out and try to help people whenever it's important. 
but um, we have a lot of very specific tips on financial aid and filling out the FAFSA form. I've filled out FAFSA forms for clients uh, before with them by my side because they can be confusing and people don't always know how to uh, fill out every single section. So I can assist you with that if that's something that you're going through, if you're a student is going to be going mm-hmm. to college next year. Yep, give us a call at 508-998-8858. Uh, you've been listening to MoneyWise for this last hour. I have to give one more quotation. This is an unknown author. And basically it says, if you lend someone $20 and never see that person again, it was probably worth it. Money well spent. Money well spent. <laughs> I actually had someone uh, who... Uh, she's in a difficult situation, and I wasn't aware of that at the time. I, she asked to borrow $50, and I gave it to her. She had young children, and then the next day, one of her best friends said, if you see so-and-so, don't let her have the money because she's in a really tough situation right now. And uh, never saw the money again, and she recently got in touch with me and said, hey, um, do you have any way that I can get uh, some tickets to see a concert at Fenway this fall? And I simply responded, I said, you do remember that three years ago I lent you money and you never paid it back, right? And I never heard back from her again. Uh, well, money well spent. All right, here's my quotation for you. Uh, my last quotation of the day, Pete, and I was thinking of you when I saw this. A Uh-oh. guy named James, or James McGavern, don't know him. There is a way of transferring funds that's even faster than electronic banking. It's called marriage. Very nice. You like that? Or having children. <laughs> Our children, sure. Almost every single day, one of my children is saying, hey, I'm going to do this after school. Can I have five bucks? Can I have ten bucks? (laughs) Well, we want to thank you for listening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, We we hope that every week we can give you a few tips. If we can touch one life and make a difference in teaching you something that's going to help protect your family or protect your money, then we will have accomplished our mission And I'd like to give you, I told you with the last quote, I have one more for you, Pete. A father is someone who carries pictures in his wallet where his money used to be. That's a good, good quote. Oldie but a goodie. Here, you can save that one. Yeah. (laughs) Well, thank you very much for listening, ladies and gentlemen. We look forward to being with you again next week on Money Wise.